Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through candid conversations about cyber issues. Sponsored by Agency, with your host, Kath Nibbs. Welcome to Cyber Synapse. This week, I'm joined by Peter Moroni. Pete is known as uh, Functional Pete on Instagram, so if you want to uh, kind of follow him on there, that's his uh, handle. And the reason I've brought Pete on today is because uh, this episode, well, it's the podcast is called Cyber Synapse, and I'm really interested in anything cyber and anything that can be um, used in my psychotherapy practice. And one of the reasons I've brought Pete on is because he is... uh, more, more of a student of biohacking and functional medicine than I actually am. Um, I'm a baby biohacker, I think. I think that might be the term I might use for myself. So first of all, Pete, I thought what you could do is explain what biohacking is for the audience, um, because some people won't know what it is. And then what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about uh, um, hacking your biology and how we're going to do that with a cyber-related uh, issue. Sure. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Kath. Uh, good to talk to you. I, I should probably explain. I'm in a hotel room in in Tokyo, as we mm-hmm. speak. I, I left at the weekend and I've been here, so uh, trying to uh, deal with jet lag and whatnot. So um, that's uh, I'm actually in a different different part of the world. So might, yeah. we might come on to that later on when we talk about uh, light and, and various aspects of biohacking. Yeah, great. So I'll, I'll do my best to explain what it is. So uh, my understanding really would be that. Uh, as human beings, um, we we can express uh, good and bad parts of our uh, our body, our uh, genome, uh, and mm-hmm. also gut bacteria, which is, which I found have been very significant in my health and other people I've I've spoken to. So we can express uh, good genes, and uh, the more negative ones, we all have these little. Uh, variations within our uh, within our genetic uh, makeup and um, if we express uh, the good ones and turn the bad ones off it's really like switches as we can uh, then we can just live a happy healthy uh, life full of energy and, uh, and not be worrying about a headache or uh, some kind of gut issue or yeah skin conditions things like that all these things that kind of take the sapphire energy out the day yeah so essentially that's that's what i would say biohacking is yeah and and obviously you're you're touching on one of my favorite subjects there epigenetics which we're probably going to get to during this podcast <laughs> so Good. would you like to would you like to kind of introduce what what brought you into biohacking in the first place pete um so some people will know your story if they follow you and obviously i do but maybe the yeah, listeners sure. find it interesting yeah, sure. So I, I, I was basically I was I was quite ill. So uh, my illnesses were chronic uh, illnesses. So they were to quote I was told many times, you know, you will not die with this. This is not something that's going to kill you. Uh, and therefore, I would either be left to deal with whatever whatever the symptoms were, yeah. or I would be given uh, medications and sometimes surgeries and lots of testing. Nothing really conclusive came out. Uh, and a lot of these things are really common. So, chronic mm. headaches, migraines, skin complaints. Uh, let's see, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. When I was when I was younger, I was told that I might have had that. They called it yuppie flu at the time. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was at, in my late teens when I was told that by 
agencies and others don't believe this is a thing. Obviously, it was a long time ago. Um, and yeah, so it, it was really a necessity. And I would say two years ago, it's been two years ago around, uh, I think it was around January, February, two years ago, I was really struggling. I had a big job, lots of stress. And uh, I was really getting through on willpower. Um, and mm. not get, getting anywhere with conventional means. And it, it suddenly dawned on me that I, I didn't feel that the people who were giving me the advice understood health. They understand medications, mm -hmm. medical procedures, and all I wanted to be was, was healthy. So yeah. I, uh, in my own head, I thought, well, this isn't working. I had to find an answer. So I, I read a lot of books, basically, and did an awful lot of research. Because I'd been treated for so many things, over a period of three decades, I kind of knew a lot of the, the, the chronic stuff that's out there and what yeah. the normal treatments are for those. So uh, what I found was when I addressed, let's say, sleep or gut issues, most of them went away. And then you look into an, another area, say uh, mitochondrial or uh, diet, and everything else went away as well. So mm -hmm. uh, rather than just one thing, uh, we'll treat one symptom actually you get your sleep sorted out or your diet sorted out uh and virtually everything can go so. yeah yeah and and in terms of um i think we've talked about this before in terms of what i do as a job um psychotherapy wise i've actually started to bring in um quite a lot of the uh, biohacking techniques if you like and information so i work with clients and i talk to them about their sleep their exercise their diet I ask them, you know, what kind of foods they're eating. We we have discussions around. Um, uh, so I've got I've got software because I work with trauma. Um, I've got software that looks at heart rate variability, biofeedback, and I use that with a lot of the children, so that um, I can actually help them holistically. Because I think one of the things that does happen, and, and you're absolutely right on this, Pete. It's it's the big pharma industry, and quite often clients are are over medicated. And I, I'm talking children here who are given anti-anxiety medication. Uh, they're given uh, antidepressants for um, issues such as autism and uh, melatonin. They're, they're prescribed that if they can't sleep. And what I sit and try and do with these people is talk about actually, you know, the brain can work with your uh, microbiome, but you need to hack it in this way. And yeah. I think in terms of psychotherapy per se, I think what I'm doing is I'm bringing in this biohacking into the psychotherapy, which, um, you know, I, I kind of think I'm probably quite ahead of the game in terms of this. But at the same time, this is why I wanted to do this podcast so that yeah. other, other people can start to learn about actually we can we can start to hack what our bodies because it, it is you're right about these epigenetic changes. And it's, it's about finding out what works for the individual, because not everybody has the same um, the same systems, if you like. No. No. Mm -hmm. no, I would totally agree. I, I, I think from what you told me there, I think you're well ahead of the curve. I'm sure it's a, a very powerful combination of uh, certain aspects of biohacking and just understanding that people are different and mm -hmm. small things can make a big difference. If you're combining that with your uh, psychotherapy, that must be a very powerful combination. So yeah, well done with that. Yeah, well, I, just, I hope so because a lot of the a lot of the times I'm talking about trauma, I'm actually saying it's it's the whole body brain experience. Well, whole body mind brain experience because they are separate but together. And actually, lots and lots of people don't understand how one has an interaction on the other. So I'm a huge fan of the polyvagal theory, 
and regularly talk to people about 80% of the information your brain makes sense of comes from your internal and external environment. And if your internal environment is squiffy, uh, that's yes. the term I've, I've started to use in therapy, if it's squiffy, <laughs> the information your brain gets isn't going to be as, um, uh, opt yeah, we're hacking into optimal performance. You know, yes. and, and I'm stealing that from Dave Asprey there, because <laughs> that's ah, yes. what he talks about, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, we're talking about people are not performing uh, in, in their best way because of things that are happening within their body. And their body and their brain spend more time kind of paying attention to what's that gurgle, what's that happening there. Uh, and that's, that's essentially how chronic illnesses become you know, almost the, the thing that you think about day in, day out. Yes. Yes, mm. that was my experience, and yeah. uh, it's interesting what you say there. I mean, in in real life, uh, my job, I am a, a business consultant and trainer, and I work within the uh, the global automotive industry. So I do a lot of travel, hence for being in Tokyo. Yeah, uh, I think in two weeks I'm off to Bangkok, so I'll be working uh, with another client there. So I have to perform. Uh, well, whether I'm in the UK, uh, whether I'm in Far East, whether I'm in South Africa, uh, mm. and, and there are various things to deal with. So I, I personally found this approach to be highly effective at keeping me productive, uh, reducing uh, errors, improving my communication uh, skills and, and qualities with other people because I'm more patient, yeah. uh, thinking straighter. Uh, but one, what really did strike me, Kath, was that uh, once I was uh, not suffering the effects of permanent negative inflammation, I say negative because some inflammation is good, it's a natural mm -hmm. response to healing, uh, but I, from what I've seen, and certainly in my case, I had uh, way excess inflammation, uh, permanently systemic mm. inflammation uh, in the brain, skin, gut, uh, who, who knows where else, and what I found was when I, via uh, biohacking, if you, if, you, if you want to call it that, or understanding epigenetics, the environment around me and how that's impacting on my health and well-being, mm -hmm. I found that all of these things improved. I'm now working with uh, businesses uh, and pretty much um, I find people really struggling through their day. So usually to do with energy slumps, uh, maybe a poor choice of breakfast. Uh, however, the, these are the, the very things we're told are, are healthy and are going to sustain energy. I, I yeah. found the opposite and I find other people uh, the opposite. So the impact on working and performance uh, I, I see is, is huge. It's not just health, it's how it impacts our day and the cost to us, not just financial. Yeah. Uh, is significant so i totally agree with you there yeah yeah and i i i do wonder sometimes actually and i'm i'm really going to stand up for the adolescents at the moment the idea at the moment of um lots and lots of media purporting that uh the mental health crisis is due to the iphone and social media i'm actually yeah i'm in i'm in favor of actually uh the diet that we've had for the last 40 50 years that we're all we're all we've all succumbed to that might actually have something to do with it rather than <laughs> yeah controversial <laughs> uh yes <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> yeah i'm i'm a massive defender of actually no um the, the iphone is not to blame for everything and we're you know we're not dopamine yeah. hits we're much much more complicated no. and um but that's that's for another rant on another on another episode um yes. so actually that brings me back into technology and um 
So I'm just thinking about what does get said about adolescents is they're on their phones late at night and the reason they're struggling is because. So I'm just thinking about why don't we go with the, the blue light? We start with the blue light and, and how that affects sleep. Maybe, maybe we can start with that, Pete. Sure. So um, it's, it's really significant. Um, it, again, from my experience, and also there, there is lots of research out there to that is start, starting to shed light on the impact of light. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, some good, some bad. Uh, what we've been told may be bad, actually, might be quite good for us. Um, I can talk about my vitamin D issues uh, yeah. at length about that. Uh, and then certain other types of light, the, the kind you're alluding to with iPhones and smartphones, especially when these things are used, uh, not just, I suppose, with uh, children or teenagers, but uh, with adults, we're all at it. Uh, yeah. it you know, it's, it's uh, just gone 7 p.m. Uh, at the moment now, I'm on a talking to you on, on my laptop. I have a phone to the side. I have an iPad somewhere close by as well. There's lighting in the room. Now, if I hadn't uh, researched uh, about this, I'd, I'd probably be doing a lot of the wrong things. I'd have this light here behind me. Uh, you might be able to see is yeah. pretty toxic uh, LED light. There's another big uh, light here, which when I peered down the top of the tube, that's all LED, the wrong type of LED lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lights above me are LED, but the two in the in the set to the side of the bed there, I did a quick check, and they're tungsten lighting. And whilst that still is artificial compared with what our body recognises, it's it's closer to yeah. sunlight uh, and closer to firelight, which is what our biology uh, yes. can make sense of. So yeah. uh, I, I would say yes, it, it, it is uh, very very significant. So would you like me to touch a little bit on vitamin yeah, D? We, yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be great because uh, one of the conversations I have, um, well, mostly is uh, when I'm actually talking about the brain and I, I kind of explain it to the dinkies and the adults and I'll say, yeah. and this is an absolutely fantastic piece of engineering. The problem is, is it's set up for caveman times. So actually yes. what we're doing is we've got a brain that's 75,000 years old in today's society yes. Yes. and it's being tricked into daylight when it's not actually daylight and yeah yeah this will be really good well yeah i mean gosh i I couldn't agree with you more uh and if i had to paraphrase everything that that i know um into what i'm trying to achieve it it is we are um 10,000 years old biologically at least things do not move very quickly Mm. um over the last uh, two or three hundred years, things have changed pretty rapidly. Over the last uh, 30 or 40 years, things have changed hugely. Uh, and our bodies are just struggling to uh, work out what's going on around it. So everything is information for the body, food, uh, sleep, uh, recovery, uh, stress, uh, light. All of these things, is, I think, are information. And if our body is struggling to make sense of these, so for instance, uh, blue light. Uh, when we uh, when we're exposed to LED, most types of LED lighting, uh, fluorescent tubes are, are very similar. Mm-hmm. Television screens, anything that's backlit LED. Mm. Um, we, I mean, the simple um, effect of that would be that it suppresses melatonin, which is the the sleep hormone, yeah. uh, which should 
build gradually throughout the day, as, as you know. Uh, as that's um, increasing, then the stress hormones, which again, we are meant to produce uh, to go and out and hunt and gather, uh, they, they are reduced. So if I was to get back to my hotel room at, uh, after a fairly stressful day at 10 o'clock and switch my TV on or my phone or my tablet off uh, without taking preventative measures, then the very time that my melatonin should be uh, increasing and peaking so I could be going to sleep, the opposite's happening. And I'm starting mm. to produce cortisol and adrenaline, the stress hormones, which are there for a reason and should be healthy. But if I'm producing those at 10, 11 o'clock at night, that's counterproductive. Yeah. So vitamin D, uh, just to get back to the vitamin D subject, I, it turns out I was chronically deficient in vitamin D uh, for decades. It also turns out that um, I had uh, my genetic testing done uh, last year, and it turns out that I have a uh, something called a VDR SNP. So v VDR is a particular uh, genetic uh, variant, and yeah. I had a SNP in it. So I've got a uh, actually two uh, defective or variations. So I'm homozygous VDR, uh, which means that I really do struggle to absorb enough light uh, enough daylight um, and also through certain foods in order to uh, have and maintain enough vitamin d so even yeah. in the the summer last summer great british summer but i did spend the one day of it Africa, one day of it and when <laughs> i'm at home yeah I, I work from home quite a bit i'll take my shirt off and i wear shorts i work from the garden and try and expose myself sensibly to yeah. uh, to good amounts of, of uh, light because I now know this is good for me up to a certain point um, and even then tracking my vitamin uh, D through quarterly blood tests uh, my yeah. vitamin my vitamin D level was dropping off a cliff so I have to supplement uh, not everybody does but depending yeah. on where you are in the world and how much clothing you're wearing and then if you're putting uh, sunglasses on and you are wearing sunblock um, you could be anywhere in the world and be vitamin D deficient. And the consequences of that, um, gosh, I mean, dozens and dozens of uh, chronic uh, diseases and some of them turn out <coughs> yeah. uh, things yeah. you don't want to have. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I do clarify a lot for um, my clients, and I'm just going to say it on here as well, although I know you know, vitamin D is actually a hormone. It's not a vitamin. Yes. Um, no, so quite right. often people will say, oh, well, I'll just, the, the one that I get most is, well, I'll just drink milk. Then we have the conversation about dairy, but then we also go back. Yeah, so actually, it's a hormone, and it's it's how it's how your brain. Uh, I'll keep it very simple, actually, for the listeners. It's how your brain regulates uh, kind of the circadian rhythms around you know whether you're ready for bed, whether you're not. And and again, that goes back to cavemen times. That in terms of evolution, our brain hasn't changed much since uh, Homo erectus. Uh, well, Homo Deus is a good book to read, by the way. Um, it is, oh no, it's not, it's Homo sapiens. It's not Homo Deus. Oh, Homo sapiens, yes. Homo sapiens, yeah, good book. Um, right. Yeah, that actually the brain in terms of evolution hasn't changed much at all. So, mm. so we still need to be doing the things that help us produce the melatonin so that we can get to sleep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I would agree. I think that the challenge is this, living in 2018, wherever you are in the world, it's you can live in 2018, be healthy, have lots of energy, mm -hmm. mental clarity, uh, lack of chronic disease, uh, 
but the, the trick is in in uh, doing it in, uh, in, in a way that our bodies recognize so yeah. a few little life hacks we call them hence the term biohacking uh, can make the world of difference and if you know what your weaknesses are so for me one would be this VDR snip I, I know that <coughs> so I, I take special measures in order to uh, maintain uh, good a high, a healthy level of vitamin D not too high because uh, that's not a bad thing not a good thing either yeah uh, but certainly much higher than the you know 20 25 on the 25 hydroxy vitamin D test that uh, they were showing I was mm. chronically low and you know, many many people are and as you say it's a hormone uh, it regulates many um, uh, functions of body you know, hundreds is the estimate around yeah. 450 uh, essential functions and if you haven't got in your system then uh, bad things will happen yeah so as, as we're kind of talking about um i'm not sure which one you want to go down the route of if i'm so we've just kind of talked about light which obviously has a, a large spectrum so my my original job used to be um working with day sites night sites lasers so i'm pretty oh, wow. okay on optronics and light um yeah. there, there is a large spectrum of light so i'm just wondering if you wanted to talk about light and maybe light therapy and how you can use light or whether we'll go down the uh, circadian rhythm sleep. Well, which way okay. do you want to go? <laughs> oh, we um, can talk about. Yeah, should we talk? Should we talk maybe about the first one about uh, light and light frequencies? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I think I mentioned earlier that um, as I see it, light is information. It's one of those things. It's information for our bodies, mm -hmm. and uh, it can be good. So natural sunlight, natural daylight. Is a good thing so one of the things I would do when I'm outside would be I would take my uh, my glasses off uh, these for your listeners are uh, blue blockers you could looks like you've got some blue uh, yeah these are my these are my um, whilst I'm on the computer during the day ones all ah, right okay yeah like your working glasses yeah excellent so well I'm sure the reason that you do that is similar uh, for myself uh, the information coming out of my device whatever it may be uh, is confusing to our biology. So mm. we spoke before about blue blo about uh, blue light and the effect on uh, suppressing of melatonin uh, and the opposite of that, which is increasing the stress hormones. So that's information. Uh, all my body really recognizes is moonlight, sunlight, uh, and really firelight. Uh, and that's what it's yeah. evolved to understand and to make sense of. So. Uh, we spoke earlier about uh, at evening time um, exposure to blue light and by the way this is mm -hmm. not just through your eyes this is on your skin uh, yeah yeah take this in through through our skin so I've just done a long-haul flight um, two things that I well three things that I do I would put uh, blue blocking glasses on so I wear these uh, the lighter ones uh, during the day and then I'd move to uh, some heavier ones here uh, which block all uh, UV, uh, sorry, block all blue and green light. These will block about 75% of, of the blue light. You don't block any green light. Uh, but I also wear a long sleeve shirt uh, with a collar. Uh, and I can put a cap on as well, baseball cap as well. Mm -hmm. So not because I want to be antisocial, but uh, because uh, the, the lighting on airplanes, just like a lot of it in this hotel room, is quite toxic to our bodies. And if our bodies want to know it's difficult enough traveling halfway around the world because that's totally unnatural. Yeah. And all 
yeah, yeah. that will be your experience as, as a result of that. So it's, so it's a difficult enough uh, experience anyway to go through uh, mm -hmm. without uh, mitigating some of the, uh, the, the exposure to light because yeah. the light is more significant ones. Yeah. So, I believe you also have a, another gadget with you. Uh, so obviously I've seen this on Instagram. So uh, do you want to talk about the other uh, little hack that you have for light? Would that be the human charger? <laughs> it would. Okay, yeah, I'll talk about that. So I've got that, again, I've got that handy here. So this is a, a little, it's like a little iPod. Um, it comes from Fernland, it's called Human Charger, or the, uh, the Valkyrie. Um, you can buy these things on, on the internet, you can get them on, I got this one on Amazon. So uh, talking about uh, light and the and information and uh, light exposure. Uh, this is a really clever little device. You can actually use it in, in various different ways. Mm. I don't suffer from seasonal affective disorder, uh, which I know a lot of people do. And I also yeah. know a lot of people who use these devices very, very effectively to treat the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Uh, they've described this as, as life changing, you know, and the fact yeah. that you can charge it up uh, here with um, just a regular uh, I think it's a USB micro, so you can plug these things into a phone charger or anything, charge this up and then walk around with it in your pocket anywhere in the world. And you have, I think they, they the tagline is uh, sunshine in your ears uh, or in your pocket, I think that's it. Yeah. So, and, and that is a good analogy. So I'll plug in here and you have two little earbuds. So what, what this device actually does, if I press the button here and switch it on, you'll see uh, this is white light. This is a particular frequency uh, of LED white light. We have photic receptors yeah. they have discovered yeah. uh, in parts of the brain, just to the side of the ear canals. And when uh, we expose these parts of the brain to a particular dosage uh, of light, it can be beneficial. There mm. are, if you go on the website, there's lots of studies that point to the, the simple, the net result is, I feel the difference. I do know people who have tried these, who they haven't had the impact uh, yeah. that they're looking for. So when I have a dose, and each dose of this is 12 minutes, uh, and you can actually make them less than that, but the standard dosage is 12 minutes. Yeah. When I have one of those, I feel the effect of uh, a cup of coffee. So it gives me a boost in the morning, very occasionally when I'm at home working, if I just want an extra boost and I may have had a coffee or some kind of nootropic uh, compound such as caffeine, green tea, something like that, and I want an, a, an extra little boost, I'll pop this thing on. It usually yeah. will be in autumn, winter, spring. Uh, and I, I feel the impact of it. Uh, you can use it, as I said, for seasonal affective disorder. The reason I mainly use this and bought this was to mitigate the effects of long haul travel, uh, the yes. dreaded jet lag, yeah. which is crippling, especially if you have to work uh, and, and really use your brain when you when you get. Uh, yeah, country. yeah. Well, that's that's what you get for time traveling, Pete. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could time travel, you know, you have to take you have to take the hits with it, I suppose. You're absolutely right. So, what what's really clever about this as well is um, you can actually download the app. For this device it's a free app that you uh, download onto your mm. smartphone and you put your flight details in you can either put uh, the flight number uh, and it will find that or you, you just put where you're setting off from 
the time where you arrive in the time and it will it will set a whole program of doses of light and it comes up with a reminder on your phone so for instance today even though i flew on friday night saturday morning and i'm nine hours ahead uh, i took today four doses of 12 minute sessions of light right. uh, and it's the same leading up to the flight as well so back to that in what what is that light and why is it doing it, it it's information so it's starting to get us into the circadian rhythm yeah. of the time zone that you will be uh, arriving so one of my best hacks when i get to a, a destination is to whatever time of day it is get out and expose my face hands eyes to daylight whenever it is evening morning afternoon because our bodies do recognize that and even though we've been dumped yeah halfway around the world it's giving information about where we are uh what we should be doing uh, what hormones we should be producing neurotransmitters we should be producing yeah and therefore setting us up for a good night's sleep at rest and recovery and good performance hopefully the next day yeah and what a lovely nice way that you've weaved towards sleep <laughs> so i'm just oh. thinking about actually <laughs> yeah because uh, for me that's i think that's one of the most important in fact what i will say is in the therapy room when i generally say okay how is your um so i almost sound like a gp sometimes when i'm sat with the, the clients and i'm saying okay so how's your sleeping regime how's your eating drinking peeing pooping and you can see them as if that's not quite what i expected from psychotherapy class <laughs> um sleep is the most important um, so, and, and the number of children that I've spoken to, um, we talk about the apps that they can use to track their sleep. Um, like you, I'm going to be ordering, uh, well, I have ordered um, the, the new Aura ring and we might get onto that. But I currently talk to the children about tracking their sleep. And I say, you, you know, you have to know that you're going through these cycles and you have to know this. Um, <clears throat> because at the moment, the amount of homework that the adolescents get in relation to where they are, in respect of their GCSEs or A-levels is, is really causing an impact in sleep deficiencies. Uh, their circadian rhythms are all over the place. Uh, the adolescent brain doesn't actually get tired till about 11, 12 o'clock at night. They need, oh, wow. okay. uh, yeah, it's about 10 to 16 hours of sleep that they need. They don't wake up till 10 or 11 o'clock properly in the morning, or their brain doesn't wake up till 10 or 11 o'clock. And what do we do in the United Kingdom? We send them to school at half past eight in the morning. Yeah, so absolutely. Their, their brains are, are literally not detoxifying overnight. You know, they're, they're not getting, and, and hence my glial t-shirt, their glymphatic so, system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, it's not clearing out. I talk to adolescents and I'll say, you've almost got a caretaker. Well, a lot of caretakers that overnight will get rid of the waste that you've accrued during the day. And if you're yeah. not sleeping properly, that waste then begins to build up. And that's, that's the effect of brain fog, not remembering. Plus, adolescents also have enough brain changes to cope with, you know, with, with different areas of the brain doing different things between the ages of 12 and 25. And I, I just think it's really, really difficult to be a young person in today's society. So sleep for me is, is the, the way that I usually talk to them and say, this is what we need to hack first. This is what yeah. we need to try and get a grip of. Wow. Yeah. You, you're well ahead of the curve, I, I would say. And the fact that you're uh, combining your... Um, psychotherapy practices with this type of very powerful uh, hacking techniques uh, mm. your understanding I mean that's cutting-edge stuff so glymphatic uh, uh, system uh, the brain's cleansing system as you refer to my understanding this is very new science this is within the last five years 
they even discovered what happens with the brain overnight. One thing that I've learned, and it was certainly true with me, is that um, performance and uh, chronic illness is intrinsically linked with sleep quality. So yeah. if you talk to anyone who has a chronic illness, you'll usually find they're a bad sleeper. Um, yeah. And as with any uh, machine, uh, I suppose you could refer to the brain as a, a you know, very impressive mach machine at that, but it, it requires maintenance. And mm -hmm. its maintenance uh, is yep. sleep, uh, going through those sleep cycles and an effective uh, glymphatic uh, cleansing process, rather like the lymphatic uh, yeah. process within, yeah. within the body, is essential to health. Uh, just as just as so with the lymphatic system and again my understanding would be that if that's not working properly uh, it will pretty much almost certainly end up in some kind of neurological issue later later in life not just a lack of concentration uh, yeah and yeah number performance but linked with uh, serious neurological uh, uh, situations as well later in life you combine yeah. it with a poor diet um, and and you've got a recipe for disaster potentially. So. Absolutely. Would you like? Would you like? Um, so this is my um, pub fact of the day. So if you're going to go and do a pub quiz, what I do is I, I generally tell the the, um, the, the clients that uh, at birth they're born with a hundred billion neurons, which okay. is you know more than there are stars in the known universe at this point in time. For each of those neurons, there are ten thousand synaptic connections, and for every neuron, there are three glial cells. Wow. It makes it's a huge fact. So glial cells are now being really, really looked into and researched because actually they are far more important than people previously thought. So there we are. There's a that's how to win a pub a pub quiz. Yeah, I'm, I'll <laughs> I'll make a note of that as soon as I I get off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it, and I mean it's interesting. You, you clearly you have a, a great understanding of. So we're talking about circadian rhythm. Uh, I thought it was very interesting last year, uh, not last year, the 2016, I think it was the Nobel Prize for Science was won by, actually, sorry, no, it was, it was last year, it was 2017, 2017 Nobel Prize for Science was won by uh, teams studying or scientists studying uh, the circadian rhythm. Uh, so this is, you know, this is big, this mm -hmm. isn't just woo-woo uh, science yeah. or you know, crazy uh, talk this is this is Nobel Prize winning uh, theory yes. uh, and linking to um, focus performance uh, and very importantly even more importantly health uh, or lack of it mm. uh, and I would agree with you that sleep effective sleep and recovery uh, as is as important as any anything else uh, perhaps even more so than than diet uh, yeah yeah so, uh, yeah so, so, so should we, we have a quick conversation about uh the the circadian rhythm and why why there's certain sleep states um because actually the, the interesting thing you mentioned earlier and this is what keeps happening when i'm doing these podcasts you talked about um switching the tv on and watching television uh, mm. that we actually watch television in certain brainwave states so those brainwave states are also Corollary with um, age and stage of development in, in terms of brain development. And they're also relevant for why we end up in that zombie pose when we're sat watching television. And it's to do with the brainwave state we're actually in for the information really? to be coming in. Yeah. 
yeah maybe maybe i'll save that but uh yeah when you mentioned tv and that earlier when you go through uh when you go into sleep you actually go into these brainwave states such as delta and and so on so i thought yeah. we'd talk about circadian rhythm and i'm just going to go quiet because i could rant go off on a soapbox <laughs> <laughs> well it's good that you're passionate about it because as you say it's <coughs> that's like you're talking to uh to a lot of a lot of your clients about it yeah, and I think also in addition to that, you you spoke about uh, how society uh, treats. So we're talking about circadian rhythm, and then within okay. that, and even within different stages of life, you talk about um, young adults. They they need a a particular amount of sleep, and they perform better at certain different times. And yeah. this is true also of uh, of us as individuals. We so you'll be aware of chronotype uh, and the term yep. chronotype and the impact of your chronotype yours may well be different to mine um, I'm, a, I'm a bear are you a bear i'm, I'm, a, I'm okay. a bear yeah interesting okay so you're you're, you're a bear um, i'm more of a dolphin uh, which again mm -hmm. pretty much linked with a lot of the issues that i have but i'm turning much more into a bear uh, with certain aspects of lion so what are we talking about um, yeah listeners that are not familiar with these so this would be dr michael bruce yeah uh the sleep uh, the, the sleep specialist and we would traditionally class people as either a morning person or, or the lark with the lark and yeah early bird, the early bird in the night owl isn't it yeah, yeah or the night owl exactly so that's saying you're either one or the other now um typically uh, society has favored the early bird uh some of the most effective people are actually the the, uh, the night owls, or Dr. Michael Bruce would call them, I think, the wolf. The wolves, yeah. yeah. Uh, they are more of a nocturnal, naturally nocturnal, very, very uh, effective people. But you try and get them up for a meeting at, at eight o'clock and to perform well, or an exam at no, starting at nine o'clock, which uh, they probably did many times in education. And it's a disadvantage, just as it would be uh, trying to get the lark to uh, sit an exam at 10 o'clock at night, which yeah. would actually favour the, the wolf. Mm -hmm. part of yeah. so, so there's a lot more understanding, understanding of this, and he's actually uh, describes four different chronotypes. So we've spoken about the, the bear, which I think is the most common uh, yeah. type, that's most people. I forget the percentages here, but it, pretty much it's it's similar to the work we do around um secure attachment and so on so that there is something around um what i will do is i'll put it in the show notes the link to go and find out what chronotype you are and uh, -huh. uh the suggestion to read his book the power of when yeah the power of when an excellent yeah. book yes I, i'd highly yeah. recommend that as well brilliant so yes uh lion would be your morning person uh, you would have your wolf is your night person <clears> there is is more typical uh, and then the dolphin is typically a light sleeper uh, and also has no real set pattern. I can have a great night's sleep followed by an awful night's sleep and there's, it's very difficult. So uh, I suppose leading then into mm -hmm. how do we know? Well, one way is I wake up in the morning and think, okay, was that a 10 out of 10 or was it a 3 out of 10? So just put a, a little uh, score to it uh, as soon as I wake up. But also, I notice you have on your wrist. Is that a Fitbit? Uh, no, it's my Mio Mio wristband that I use for. Uh, this is the heart rate variability software that ah, I use. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's a Mio. Okay. Yeah, right, I've nice. got um, 
I've actually got a Bluetooth one that sits on my ear for some of the heart math stuff. I've also got complete coherence. Um, yeah, I use quite a lot of different programs, but this is this is me hey, just monitoring how I'm doing this morning. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I mean, yeah, great, great device. So uh, I also monitor heart rate variability. Mm -hmm. I was previously, I now have an aura ring, which uh, maybe we'll talk about in a minute because there's relevance there to sleep cycles and, and the amount of data that comes off this thing. Prior to that, I used a Polar H7 strap, which I, you can get yeah. fairly uh, inexpensively. And I used that with uh, Elite HRV, which mm -hmm. is a free download. And um, I found that both are excellent, really, about understanding where we are day to day. Uh, whether we need to push ourselves a little bit so in other words we're in uh, we're nicely recovered we've slept well uh, we have good variability within the, the yeah. heart beats the interlude uh, which always surprises me and I think most of us it's, it's most healthy to have to have variation and not exact yeah time. they're they're usually the people close to death in the hospitals did you know that when, uh, when it's someone did yeah. tell me that one is that true yeah yeah um nurse that's how nurses recognize uh, generally when they're walking around if they can see kind of the, the oh, really? heartbeats and the variability doesn't change much that's one of the reasons why i do what i do with trauma because mm. trauma actually has an impact on um it's it's how how the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems actually play out with each other and uh, yeah the data <clears throat> the data that i've seen from some of the clients who are traumatized so I work a lot with the Manchester Arena victims, the victims of sexual abuse, um, the ones who have seen graphic content on the internet. And it's, it's really surprising what impacts and how it impacts. So I think what we might do, we might do another podcast, Pete, all on uh, the Aura Ring and maybe heart rate variability. Yeah, because sure. I'm just noticing the time. And again, I said this would happen. We haven't covered everything we said we were going to. And we're heading kind of towards um, uh, the end of this. So okay. before, before we kind of end, is there anything you want to talk about? Obviously, I know there is. Um, would you like to talk about um, the new exciting project that you're involved with? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, thank you for the opportunity. I'll, I'll just mention briefly. Uh, <coughs> so obviously, my uh, interesting uh, uh, background that kind of led me to having a conversation with you, I suppose, combined with uh, me working mm -hmm. with many people, uh, globally who we're all searching for good <coughs> oops uh, oh, is that your drink i'm just yeah that was a whole a whole big bottle sorry sorry if that just made everybody jump <laughs> so uh yeah and one thing that became really apparent to me is i started to i suppose um eliminate inflammation the systemic inflammation just through improving sleep and you know some things in diet uh improving daylight and and uh possible one or two supplements uh, based on where I was at the time. Um, what I found was my performance uh, greatly improved and um, whereas getting through the day and certainly all these energy slumps that, uh, that I used to have, crashes and uh, surges, it, much of which was due to what I was eating yeah. and how I was or was not sleeping, um, I found that my performance improved massively, so mental cognition focus and concentration, you know, getting in a flow state and getting something mm -hmm. done. Uh, just the fact that I wasn't in pain all the time, aches and pains, fibromyalgia symptoms had, had gone or all but gone. 
uh, just meant that I was focusing on the job in hand, <coughs> conversation, yeah. uh, and I was more effective. And working with many people as I do in, in business, uh, some of them very large companies, whereas I'd been focused on how I was feeling for much of the time, uh, when I wasn't experiencing these, I noticed that lots of people seemed to be struggling yeah. with the very things I was struggling with. Yep. Uh, so, um, and lo and behold, I thought, well, I seem to have uh, discovered many of the solutions for these. Many of us have, and obviously I know that you have, Kath, and I'm sure many of your listeners have. So uh, it got me to thinking that I'm, I work as a, a trainer and also a uh, management consultant within the automotive industry mm -hmm. um, and I thought how would it be how would it affect an organization customer satisfaction productivity uh, error reduction uh, how would it impact on absenteeism in all these huge um, staff relationships working relationships creativity because all of these things mm. uh, I've seen a positive impact yeah. just by making these hacks so I um, I was actually doing some a uh, uh, little bit of alpha and beta testing with a uh, gentleman who has a startup called GenSmart. So um, this is a guy called Thomas Olivier. So he is a guy from working from London, and he was developing an app um, that would look at your genetic uh, makeup. Yeah. Yep. So we would ha you would have a, a test done. Uh, most people get this done through services like 23andMe. And then you would put the raw data into Thomas's app, Gentleman's app. Uh, that will then come out with uh, information unique to you based on your SNPs, your single nucleotide polymorphisms. So these are your genetic yep. variations. I mentioned before, I have a VDR SNP. So that would be a typical one. And rather than saying, oh, you've got this, put up with it, it will say that this is of high importance uh, that you obtain a reasonable amount of, of, of done, uh, daylight and sunlight and eat certain foods. And as mm -hmm. I progress daily, weekly, however often I want to use the app, and this is just on a smartphone or I use it on an iPad, um, I, I can actually... Uh, uh, without actually reading, going into the, the effort of people didn't want to, lots of books and doing lots of research like you and I have done, it'll just say, uh, this is you. So here's a, I've got a, I don't know where it's showing on there. So it's just on here, it'll go through the genes. Yeah. Uh, it's currently using 12 genes. Uh, so here we are, let's choose one. Let's choose the MTHFR gene. This is a very common one. Uh, it's estimated about 50% 50 pe uh, 50 of people in the, in the West have a MTHFR SNP. Uh, that means we, we're not methylating properly. We yep. can't convert folic acid into folate, the available form. Folic acid is put in lots of manufactured cheap food, usually out of a box. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can't do that. And folic acid is actually poisonous to me. So I click on MTHFR and I'll say, look, you've got a high importance. Yep. Uh, you do these things and these are not drugs or there's mm -hmm. no work involved. Uh, it it uh, it helps with these issues and your performance improves. So we partnered with uh, with Thomas at uh, the team at Gensmart um, and launching a, a company. So we're just about to start the pilot. We're very excited. The company's called Thrive, uh, and it will be aimed more at uh, corporate uh, users 
um, and it will be aimed at really performance. Uh, the outcome of that will be potentially lots of health benefits as well, uh, yeah. but we're generally aiming it at performance within uh, industry. So we have 12 high performers from around the world who've agreed to uh, test the product for us, and we're going to do an intense uh, program with them over the next three months uh, and look for results with them that I found and various other people, and hopefully document that uh, as evidence then to develop the product. So that's okay. what we're looking for. Yeah, okay. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'll put uh, the information in the show notes um, where they can contact you or Thomas. Um, obviously, I'll check with you just after we finish this. What, what you want me to put in the show notes, I'll put everything there. And people can find you on Instagram under Functional Pete. Um, and what I will say, Pete, is thank you very much for your time today. Um, I'm definitely going to do another podcast. Well, there's, there's at least, I don't know, at least boom, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen different topics Gosh. we can go through. <laughs> yeah, I think actually what, what we could do is we could get really, really in-depth into some of these conversations, depending on what people want to know, obviously. Mm. Um, because it is part of my practice it is part of my way of way of being now and obviously as I said I'm a baby biohacker so I don't know quite as much as you do and I'm I'm obviously starting to explore and get into this a lot more um, and I think it has a massive impact on the health and wealth of uh, humans uh, mm. starting with the babies all the way up um, so thank you very much for your time and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Um, and again, because I'm always a bit rubbish at this, if you could rate and subscribe on uh, iTunes, what that does is it makes it more available for other people to find. And then more people will get this information. So for now, thank you very much, Pete. Yeah, thank you, Kath. Great, okay. great speaking to you again. All right. Bye bye now.